Hello, and welcome to Talking Solutions, the very first podcast from the Association for Solution-Focused Hypnotherapy. I'm Sally Hare. And I'm Trevor Edwards, and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists. We're so excited to be bringing you this new series of podcasts. We've got big plans. But for our very first outing, we thought we'd address an issue affecting so many people at the moment, anxiety. We'll be looking at what it is, how it's created, and how solution-focused hypnotherapy can help. Yeah, you'll then have the opportunity to put any stress you're currently experiencing down for a few minutes as Sally leads you in a short, guided relaxation. Um, In future podcasts, we hope to have a variety of guests with us sharing their expertise. Anyway, let's start with the definition of anxiety. Okay, so using my best teacher voice, anxiety can be defined as feelings of unease, worry and fear that can be mild to severe. Anxiety refers to both the emotions and the physical sensations you might experience when you're worried or nervous about something. The rising panic, the gut churning, the sweats. Indeed. And I think it's important to understand that anxiety is created in two different parts of the brain. There's the primitive survival-based type of anxiety, where you're staying alert and jumping at any dark shadows, for example. It's created in a part of the brain called the thalamus and goes right back to our cave-dwelling ancestors' main concerns. It's the sort of fear you feel when you've been watching a horror film and then go to bed and see the wardrobe door half open. (laughs) And then there's a more conscious type of anxiety created in something called the prefrontal cortex, the bit at the front of your brain, where you start to worry about whether you left the hop on, or you left the cat in or out, or whether you locked the back door before you left by the front door. Yeah, I've done all of those. So distressing thoughts are more likely to come from the left hemisphere of our brain, the part that controls logical reasoning. Brooding over things, or rumination as we call it, is where a person repetitively mulls over an idea rather than coming up with an answer to the problem. I can certainly relate to that. This continued dwelling on a problem strengthens the circuitry leading to anxiety. A neuroscientist called Donald Hebb said, neurons that fire together wire together. And this is a classic case. This can happen when we're thinking about our own lives, for example, difficult relationships or work issues. And with so much in the news at the moment, we can ruminate on that too, while feeling pretty helpless to change anything. The right hemisphere of the brain creates anxiety based on imagination and visualisation, those times when we start picturing disasters and threats, whether real or not, that monster in the wardrobe again. The brain's primitive fight or flight system, called the amygdala, can become highly activated when this part of our brain creates frightening images, making anxiety. Then there's vigilance, a general state of alertness, which is also based in this right hemisphere. For example, you may see ambulances dashing down the road and your brain's cortex will immediately interpret it as someone at my house has been taken ill. This will create the emotion of anxiety in this fight or flight centre, the amygdala although the ambulances might sail straight past to an emergency with which we have no connection. It's the cortex's brilliant ability to predict future events that also gives us the ability to feel anxious. So it's a mixed blessing. And the left prefrontal cortex is where a person plans and executes action. We can anticipate events positively or negatively. The left prefrontal cortex is where anxious apprehension comes from. 
So if a person finds themselves imagining frightening scenarios, those scenarios are being produced by the right prefrontal cortex. So your amygdala, this fire and safety officer in your brain, if you like, is stimulated to be anxious when messages arrive indicating there may be some sort of danger. These may come from the thalamus, real danger, or the cortex, imagined danger. Thing is, the amygdala can't tell the difference, so reacts in the same way, checking a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which holds our previous experiences of similar situations. This will tell it what to relay back to the thalamus to deal with the situation. For example, scream and climb on a chair or leg it. When the hypothalamus gets this information, it immediately sends signals for the release of adrenaline and noradrenaline into the bloodstream. They cause the heart to beat faster than normal, pushing blood to the muscles, heart, brain and other vital organs. Your pulse rate and blood pressure go up. You start to breathe rapidly and your lungs dilate. Extra oxygen is sent to your brain, which increases alertness. Sight, hearing and other senses become sharper. Adrenaline also triggers the release of glucose from the liver and fats into the bloodstream, supplying energy to all parts of the body and shuts down all unnecessary processes such as digestion and reproduction. Yeah, this extra blood that goes to the muscles and brain has to come from around the abdomen. Blood is draining away from your intestines. If there's only a small amount of adrenaline, then this will result in a feeling of butterflies in the stomach. As the levels increase, people will feel the need to go to the toilet. In fact, there are some animals that deposit feces around themselves to make them seem less appealing to predators. This all starts to happen before the brain's visual sensors can fully process what is happening. And don't forget, it happens whether the threat is real or imaginary. And once the danger is passed, or if there really was no danger in the first place, the hypothalamus will stop sending its panic messages. But if the perceived stress continues, the body continues to release the hormones to deal with the situation. As Mark Twain said, I've lived through some terrible things and some of them actually happened. So what can we do about reacting to threats that only exist in our imagination? Right, the slower pathways of the intellectual brain, the cerebral cortex, can at any time override this immediate fight or flight response. They can recognise whether a threat is real or was only imagined. When they do this, they can then send messages to the hypothalamus to stop stimulating the body for fight or flight situations. Everything starts to go back to normal. Yes, it really was just a bin bag blowing in the wind. There's also the freeze response which is often found in amphibians and reptiles. This is where a person just seems to lie on the ground motionless. Although they're physically immobile and their heart rate drops, they do tend to be very alert. This response seems to involve the amygdala and the hypothalamus and the vagus nerve, a big mass of nerves that can be found all around the body, but not in the limbs. Yeah, other suggestive responses are flopping, which is similar, fawning or appeasing, uh, funster, and fibbing. Those last ones are more intellectual brain responses. It's a fascinating subject, but to keep this podcast under three hours, perhaps we should move on to how, as solution-focused hypnotherapists, we can help you with anxiety and how you can help yourself. And that's not just with occasional anxiety, but also with prolonged periods of anxiety. As we go through our lives, experiencing different states of real or imagined threats, they all start raising our anxiety levels. 
And in the glamorous world of solution-focused hypnotherapy, we call that filling up our stress bucket. And it's a handy image, thinking of all those trickles and gushes of stress we experience filling up our capacity to cope. And eventually, if we don't find ways of managing them, sloshing over the top. And of course, if we've experienced trauma in our past, there may be a few bricks in our buckets before we've even started on the day-to-day -day flow. In solution-focused hypnotherapy, we'll help you empty your stress bucket, working with you to gain more perspective and process those anxieties in a better way without resorting to the unhelpful coping strategies, quick fixes that we can all turn to sometimes, drinking too much, lighting up, binging, even self-harm, for example. Gaining this awareness and getting better perspective can help you to sleep better and make more positive life choices. For example, getting enough exercise and eating healthy foods. It may involve helping you to reframe events that are causing you stress, looking at them in a positive way, instead of seeing difficulties in the past as negatively affecting your present. What if you recognise that these same events have given you the resourcefulness and strength of character, not only to survive, but also to cope with so many other challenges? What if the anxiety you feel about the future becomes excitement and curiosity? It's a powerful tool that can facilitate profound, resilient change. But most importantly, we'll focus on how you want to be. What will be different for you when you feel more in control of your thoughts and feelings? We then use hypnosis, a hyper-relaxed state of focus, to engage your subconscious brain to hardwire these changes. Hypnosis sessions are a pleasant way to switch off your fight-or-flight system for half an hour to give you space to consider other responses, while, over time, the suggestions we offer begin to build new, more constructive neural pathways in your brain to help you think and behave more positively. Neurons that fire together, wire together again. Indeed. Hypnotherapy is an established modality. It's been recognised by the British Medical Association as an effective intervention since 1955. So what else might we suggest? You know, hints and tips that people can try for themselves right now. One is 7-Eleven breathing, where a person breathes out for longer than they breathe in. You might want to try it now. Breathe in for a count of seven and out for a count of 11. This calms your sympathetic fight-or-flight response and engages your parasympathetic rest-and-digest system. Simple but powerful. Then there's diaphragmatic breathing. Lie on the floor and feel your abdomen rise and fall rather than your chest. And when you think about it, it's the sort of breathing that makes your chest rise and fall. It's the same sort of breathing we do when we panic. Calming visualisations. Your solution-focused hypnotherapist will help you with that. Remember, the brain can't tell the difference between real and vividly imagined experiences. So why not use that to your advantage? And there's progressive muscle relaxation, tensing and relaxing different groups of muscles. It's all too easy not to notice how tension is rising in our body. And this technique allows us to recognise it and consciously let it go. Meditation and mindfulness are powerful tools for managing anxiety. And there's any amount of information out there if you're interested in trying them. In brief, they allow you to be in the moment, noticing any difficult thoughts or emotions, but not getting involved in them. Acknowledging them, but letting them flow past like twigs in a river current. Yeah, accepting that a thought exists 
without accepting that it's right. Or even challenging those thoughts. Where's the evidence? Or replace them with new coping thoughts. Journaling can help here. Writing down your anxieties, then evaluating how likely they are to happen and what you can do about it can really help gain perspective. It can help us avoid catastrophizing, thinking everything is or is going to be awful. Practice being optimistic. Optimists tend to be less anxious. Well, I've thought about the worst thing that can happen in this situation. What's the best outcome that might happen? It's also worth considering how your anxiety manifests itself and working with it accordingly. If your anxiety comes in pictures, watch TV. And if your anxiety is in words, then why not sing or listen to music? These are just a few suggestions of what might help. And of course, there are many more. You can try a few and see what works best for you. The important thing is to remember that your thoughts or emotions are just that, thoughts and emotions. It's for your rational brain to decide whether they're valid threats or whether you can step down that fight or flight response and go and do something more enjoyable instead. Yeah, And of course, if you feel you need a little more help managing your anxiety, there will be a solution-focused hypnotherapist local to you who can help. Check out our solution-focused hypnotherapy directory at afsfh.com where you'll find a comprehensive list of qualified solution-focused hypnotherapists in your area who will work with you to manage anxiety and a whole host of other issues, some of which we'll be covering in future podcasts. But for now, we're going to give you the opportunity to experience a little hypnosis in the form of a short relaxation session. It's important to say that hypnosis is only half of hypnotherapy. And in a real solution-focused hypnotherapy session, you'll have the opportunity to explore your best hopes for the future in depth. Then relax as your therapist engages your subconscious in a personal, tailored hypnosis session to help make those hopes a reality. Just know, if you're currently driving or operating machinery or doing anything that involves your full attention, please switch off this podcast now. You can look forward to relaxing when you can do so safely. But if you're able to relax now, spend a few moments getting yourself comfortable as I hand over to Sally. Thanks, Trevor. So yes, take the time to get yourself really easy there, making sure your head's supported and you're feeling warm, and make sure you're somewhere you're unlikely to be disturbed. So, as you get yourself comfortable, just start to become aware of the surface beneath you. Feel your body supported as your muscles sink down a little. And feel any areas of tension start to soften and drift away. Bringing your awareness to the sounds around you. Relaxing sounds, perhaps of birds singing. Practical sounds of the world going about its business. Just acknowledge those sounds and let them go. They won't bother you now. Just get good and comfortable there. Have a little wriggle if you need it. Then feel your breath becoming slower and deeper. Feel yourself held as you really start to relax. 
And just allow your eyes to close if they haven't done so already. And take a few moments to notice yourself being supported. And as you do, take a slow, deep breath. Breathing in through your nose. And letting it out even more slowly through your mouth. And on your next breath, breathe in more slowly. And hold it for a few seconds. And let's exhale, sinking more deeply as you do. Focusing on the shapes and patterns on your eyelids. Just taking a few moments to enjoy having nothing else to do except relax. So that if you were to notice how relaxed you currently feel, in your body, with your thoughts, and think about relaxing as having different levels. How we know the difference between being a little relaxed and deeply relaxed. Two points separated by different levels, perhaps many different levels of relaxing all the way down to being as relaxed as you can imagine yourself being. And so much more relaxed than right now. Because you'd have a way of knowing the difference between how relaxed you are and how relaxed you're becoming. Just by being curious about what changes, and what stays the same, as I ask you, in whatever way you do this, to imagine sinking down from how relaxed you are right now to the level below it, noticing what changes, what stays the same, things that are different, things that by noticing them means your mind is learning the route to your subconscious. Levels of mind that can be open to the many ways your imagination can guide you to greater benefits. As you gently sink to the next level, again, Noticing what changes, what stays the same. What you might notice that you hadn't until now. Just another part of your journey. Deeper and deeper down. Just taking your time to sink your own time to sink through these layers and enjoying these feelings because your relaxing releases endorphins into the bloodstream. It brings us the good feelings we experience in the world.
hormones that rejuvenate the body, cleanse it, repair it. So as you're allowing yourself to sink, only as deep as you choose to go, to the level that's right for you today, all the time in the world, to sink to that place that's so good to get there. Now, or maybe later, looking back, you'll have forgotten to remember the moment when you settled gently where you're supposed to be. To allow your mind to drift back over the day knowing that your mind notices far more than we're aware of until now, having the opportunity to reflect back over the day and considering that if your mind had noticed three things, three things that could be considered gifts to you. Three moments that now, when you think of it, you realize brought you something and everybody's different in what they notice. Something somebody said or did, something in nature that caught your attention a moment of beauty, a learning, a smile, laughter. It really doesn't matter what the nature of the gift was, or whether it was big or small. Just allow your mind to take the time to find these three things. As you wonder what part you played in bringing them into your life. And at first, it might not always seem obvious how you're connected to these gifts, to these coming to you. But it might begin to dawn on you how much more you are a part of their existence than you might once have thought. And you might even find that each time you do this, your mind finds it easier and easier to find these gifts. And neither of us know yet when will be the first time you notice during the day something that you know will later be considered a gift. And now this begins to happen more often. And it's frequently the case that people are surprised where this begins to lead to new directions, new opportunities, new feelings about themselves all gifts that are connected 
so that as your mind becomes more and more tuned to noticing all the good things around you, it means you're changing, growing, becoming more and more of who you want to be, doing more and more of what you want to do. And I'm not saying this will happen overnight, automatically, just that it could begin now in the smallest of ways, leaving you knowing that it's possible and that soon, looking back, you realise you've noticed the different ways you're thinking or feeling. And whether it's you or someone else who notices, doesn't matter. It just means that your growing in confidence becomes another gift that leads to so many others. And so we're coming to the end of our short relaxation today. And I'm going to count from one to five. And when I get to five, you'll awaken refreshed, relaxed, and restored to full consciousness, motivated to really enjoy the rest of your day. So one, becoming aware of the surface beneath you. And two, becoming aware of your surroundings again, sounds from outside. And three, becoming more aware of your body, perhaps wriggling your fingers and toes or stretching your limbs. And four, let an inner smile soften the corners of your mouth. And five, ready to wake you now, calm, relaxed and energized. Take a deep breath and come back to today. Wow. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. And you can keep that positive feeling with you going forward. And do check our therapist directory at afsfh.com if you would like to find a solution-focused hypnotherapist to help make your best hopes for the future a reality. Well, it turns out my anxiety around forgetting all my lines or accidentally effing and jeffing was an imagined threat, Trevor. I won't tell them about what we've had to edit out. Shh. <laughs> well that's about it for this podcast i hope we've given you some ideas and you found it useful solution focused hypnotherapy can certainly help with anxiety our next podcast will be on sleep so we hope you'll set your alarms to join us so it's goodbye from me sally here and it's goodbye from me trevor edwards see you next time bye, bye. <laughs>